and welcome to Down with the Browns. And welcome back to another episode of Down with the Browns. Let's we get it. This is our very first live and uh well You've got the Southern Dog, the Mini Maxwell Five, and Mac the Buffalo. How we doing, boys? What's up? What's up? Ready to talk? Feeling some good, man. It, especially this is our first live, so I'm just uh, interested to get into it. Dude, your mic, like your little headset's cracking me up, dude. It looks like I'm about to order <laughs> something for McDonald's. I love, it. I love it, I love it. Come on, I man. love it. Yeah, easy, I love easy. It. I'm, not, I, I'm not the one who's got pit vipers, you know. And, so. Hey, bro, you're gonna have to whip them out. Keep hating, bro. Keep hating. <laughs> Browns, baby. Yes, sir. So, boys, we had some news. We had some stuff happen since the last yes, time, we did. and yes, we did. it wasn't the exact. Um, kind of news we thought would happen, but you know, the Browns did re-sign Ronnie Harrison. So, uh, what was your initial thoughts when the Browns did re-sign Ronnie Harrison? Back? I, me personally, I like I like having somebody back that knows the defense really well. I felt like one of my, me personally, one of my personal gripes in the beginning of the season was I was like, okay, this defense maybe has a hard time playing with mm-hmm. each other just because it's a new scheme that has a lot of new pieces, right? And I felt as though they got off to a little bit of a late start. And so I know Ronnie Harrison, I like the way he played. I like the way he played defense, but I mean, obviously, like one of the things that he's known for infamously from other teams is, is punching the opposing, uh, I forgot who it was. Was it, was it Kim <laughs> the Chiefs? The, the, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the defensive coach or whatever. So, I, you know, honestly, like that's what people know him for. So, uh, from other teams, but I, I like having back some, a guy that is that is used to the locker room, knows exactly what he's doing on the field when it comes to Joe Woods' kind of scheme, and and so I, I know that he was kind of uh, able to test the market a little bit, and no other teams were kind of knocking down on his doorstep, so I mean, I think the Browns were like, oh, let's bring him back, so uh, I, I kind of like the move. I'm, Mac, what do you think? I want to get your impressions of it, you know. So, um, you know, I, I really don't like this signing. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I really thought that this year, um, in terms of like bringing back players, um, I, I thought MJ Stewart was going to get the nod over Ronnie Harrison here. I mean, like a passer rating allowed of 113, six TDs given up on the year. Um, and I will uh, agree with you there, Manny, that the defense got a late start. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw early a lot of confusion and coverages with that three safety look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, you know, it was a new idea at the time and it wasn't something that they had did the year prior. So it, it does take a little bit of time to mesh. Um, but it's... It's really bad when you're bringing back a safety that, you know, allows 13 yards per catch. Um, Now, I will say this. He does know the defense, and Ronnie can play. Um, Mm -hmm. There are kind of those bonehead moments like you brought up uh, week one against the Chiefs. But if we are going to bring back one player, at least have him familiar with the team. So in terms of – I just feel like this is so hit and miss – because he could go back to that 2020, um, you know, kind of year that he had, mm-hmm. um, or he, we could see what we have last year. So it's just kind of a, a question mark there. Um, but again, you know, bringing back a familiar face to the building. Yeah, I, uh, that's that's probably my favorite part about it about the signing is we're returning every single starter from that secondary. 
mm-hmm. every starter is coming back. And what I wasn't even noticing, I was looking at all their ages. JJ3 is the oldest starter that the Browns have in that secondary. Mm. And he's just 26. Mm. Ronnie Harrison's, I think, I believe he's 24, maybe going on 25 here very mm-hmm. soon. So, I mean, this this secondary is very young. And I still think that Ronnie's got that dog in him. You know, he is a Bama boy. The MCC boys do it different. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so That's I true. Still, That's true. So, I still think he's got time to bring it because, I mean, he is just 24 and – He's going to be in that third year with Joe Woods' system, so pretty hopped about it, actually. Yeah, he's gotten a lot of starts in last season. I believe it's 11 starts in 2021, so definitely that familiarity will, will, will help out a lot. Uh, I, You know, I, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, right, because I know a lot of people in the draft or, uh, or a couple people uh, on Twitter are talking about, you know, getting a corner uh, mm-hmm. right off of that first pick. And and, and, and and it'll be interesting to see how this affects the draft and uh, affects some of the moves that we make in the offseason. So I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious how it's going to move forward. And, and, and it's been a little bit a little bit dry lately when it comes to the, the big splash acquisitions. But yeah, I feel that it's coming. So it's going to be yeah. crazy. And um, speaking of another guy we re-signed, and it was just a day later after the Ronnie Harrison signing. And it's at a position – that I have been begging the Browns to replace. But the Browns bought, brought back the kicker that I cannot stand in a Browns <laughs> uniform. Um, and Chase McLaughlin. Chase McLaughlin. Chase in his name, dude. Oh my. <laughs> McLaughlin. I, you know, I want to I come to the defense of Chase McLaughlin for a little bit yeah. here. In the beginning of the season, right, first half of the season, I loved Chase McLaughlin. He was automatic from 50. He was automatic. He was 10 for 10 at one point in the season. I mean, you're looking at uh, uh, week two with Houston, one for one, which was really nice. Uh, Week three versus Chicago, where I just – I was like, oh, my gosh, we found ourselves a kicker. He went four for four versus the Chicago Bears. So I was like – I was so excited. I'm like, finally, we have somebody who's trustworthy. Came back week four, Minnesota Vikings, two for two. Uh, what do I have here? Uh, week five versus the Chargers, another two for two. Uh, didn't kick versus the Cardinals in week six. But but then all of a sudden, you know, on Thursday night football, week seven, Denver Broncos uh, kicks his first field goal, makes it 10 for 10. I was so pumped. And then all of a sudden, I think his season went downhill mentally, right, when he gets his kicked, blocked by uh, Harris. On, 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 the, on the, I don't know his first name, forgive me, something Harris on, the, on Denver Broncos blocks his kick. And then all of a sudden, you see from that point on, he was uh, he was uh, five for eleven. So it's like for for the rest of the season, and it's just like I truly believe when it comes to kicking, right? When it comes to kicking the football, I was never a kicker, but I can imagine for uh, uh, you know how we say you had one job, right? Yeah. Kickers are called into the game to kick the football. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, is if you come in to do one job. And you do it really well consistently. But then all of a sudden, one of the worst things that can happen is not a double doink. It's not whatever. I believe is getting your kick stuffed, right? So you get that thing blocked. And now it's like magically we're talking about 10 for 10, 10 for 10, perfect until the season. You know, got a lot of attempts, to a lot of opportunities to kick the ball. Then all of a sudden now you – uh, uh, you get blocked, and then for the rest of the season, it's not not no coincidence that he's five for eleven since that point. So, 
for me, I think, was it the weather that got to him? Was it the more the mental thing that got Because, you know, the weather starts to, like, you know, uh, get a little bit worse uh, towards the November uh, period and everything in Cleveland. So I don't know whether it was the weather. I think it was more mental for him, and it was tough to get back into the groove of things. So I would like to give him a little bit of, uh, of, a, of, a, of a slight pass. I still think that the Browns are going to try to do something else with the kicker, bring in somebody to compete with him, right? Uh, but uh, – I wanted to hear your guys' opinion about that before I move on, but I, I, I just think I just really think that that I don't want to beat on him too much because he was really good, right? So what do you what do you guys think? I want to hear what you think. How long is going to be? Yeah, so like it's it's a really weird situation because you saw him you, you know perform earlier in the season. Mm. Um, once he got that block kicked, uh, sh- it was Shelby Harris, by the way. Shelby was, Harris, yes. Yeah, Shelby he was Harris. in that Russell Thank Wilson you. trade. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> the the minute that it got blocked, um, it was just obvious from then on that Chase um, McLaughlin just he just had the yips. Yeah. Um, the, one of the best kickers of all time, Adam Terry, uh, was quoted on Pat McAfee saying that you know kicking is all about in between the ears. Yeah, it, it's they're they're technicians of the sport. You know, they're no different than um, like pitchers. It's all really about form. And when you get it uh, because you have to think about in when there's a blocked field goal, it's it could be a, like an operations problem. Yeah. You, you know, the snap doesn't get off on time. Uh, the the hold isn't good. You know, the blocking isn't short up. Mm-hmm. And what that does to the kicker is that, okay, so the ball snapped. I have roughly, you know, however many seconds in my head, I have to take my steps, kick, follow through. So it, it was just clear and obvious that he was thinking about it way too much. Um, y- you know, maybe he's thinking about pushing it more left, more right. And it yeah. just, it, it overall affects the kick. Um, now I think it was smart on the Browns part to pick him up because at least at the very worst, you know what Chase McLaughlin is. Right. Right. You know, so you bring in that competition and obviously, you know, iron sharpens iron in this situation and they're going to have the best kicker coming out of camp. Um, yeah. I mean, unless one of them does not stay healthy. So it was, it was nice bringing chase back. Um, you know, obviously we know how good and how bad this guy can be. Um, so maybe after his first season, um, he got himself mentally sharp and ready to go for, for the next year. Um, it's, I'm just not really sure. Because, again, we've seen both sides of the spectrum for this guy. You know, he, he had a game, like, against the Chicago Bears where it was 250 yarders, which yeah. is not yeah. an easy feat, no. especially yeah. when you're playing no. in Cleveland. So it, it, it's just really weird in this situation. But, again, it, it's obvious that they're re-signing him and bringing in competition. So it's going to be really interesting to see during camp. Well, really quick, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off, Christian. But, but do you think? Just this is also a side question. But mm-hmm. do you think that the Browns would? You want a, 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 a Matt, a Matt uh, what is it? Matt from San Diego State, the kicker from the draft, Matt Ariza, mm-hmm. Ariza, or something like that, or yes. Cameron Dicker from Tech, Texas. Do you think the Browns go um, draft to try to bring in some competition for yes. James McLaughlin, or, or do you think yes. free agency? What? Go ahead, go ahead. You, you see me. Um, <laughs> well, it, it, Digger is pretty good. Um, yeah. It's it, it's really hard to kind of look at uh, this draft, you, you know, and not want to pick up a kicker in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really all depends on it. Because, again, I, I feel like especially – with the kicker position, you really have to interview these guys. You really have to know like what kind of mentally mentally you're bringing into the building. Um, So it, it wouldn't surprise me either way. Um, Now, granted last year they went 
with a free agent kicker. So they might think, hey, like let's try that opposite side of the spectrum. But I, I really don't know, and I'm not 100% sure what route they're going to go, but right. I could see them drafting a kicker most definitely. Go ahead, Christian. Yeah, I need Cameron Dicker in Cleveland ASAP. Just go ahead. He don't even have to do the draft process. He can just go ahead and come to Cleveland. Um, we just need him here, you know, Kicker the or Dicker the kicker. I mean, come on. It's gonna be. It's, it's gonna, gonna sell be jerseys. Insane. It was a lot of. The jerseys. dude has a solid career in Cleveland. <laughs> the dude's looked at as like a Phil Dawson. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and that's an opportunity. I mean, this 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 city is looking for a kicker. I mean, this city is looking for a. And honestly, we, we thought we had with Chase McLaughlin, but I think yeah. bringing in some competition and 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 like and like Max saying. To just do some type of pressure test. I don't know, like, is it is it doing, you know, a timed Rubik's Cube in a hot sauna with the pressure on? You do something. I need the pressure on. Listen, I think that we're, 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 we're in the mental. I want the mental. Go. What are you going to say, Christian? So I think that when they go interview these kickers, they mm-hmm. need to bring on Phil Dawson with them. And they have to sit down and they got to get the Phil Dawson stamp of approval. And if they don't get that, then you're just like, yeah, peace out, dude. You're out of here. You're not coming to Cleveland. That's yeah, but if he gives that stamp, you're like, go ahead, pack your bags. You're a brownie. That's very true. That is very true. And honestly, I think I, I don't know. This goes into stadium talk, but I, you know, I, if they if they think about building a new stadium, if they think about building a, a dome or something like that, I mean, obviously, it'd be be a little bit better when kicking field goals. But I, I don't know. I, I I just I just want I want to give Chase McLaughlin another shot. I know that. Uh, when I looked it up and saw the difference of po- uh, pre-block kick versus post-block kick, right? I mean, it, it, it's night and day. So I want to. I'm curious. I'm curious as to see. Uh, bring him back. Give him a little bit more competition, though. So um, uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of some competition, mm-hmm. how will? Bringing back Jadavion Clowney, or how bringing back Jadavion Clowney will alter the Browns' draft stra- strategy? I can't talk uh, today. Do you go, it's fine. It's, <laughs> but uh, Matt, do you want to? You want to? You want to? You want to take it? Uh, take it off. Go ahead. It's. I mean, they have to address one or the other before the draft. You know, defensive end or defensive tackle. I. I really don't think, in all honesty, that Andrew Barry goes in the draft thinking about both. Uh, now, in terms of what this Javian Clowney situation is, I have zero idea. Um, you, you know, we're now on almost a, a month mm-hmm. since he's been offered that extension, you know, two years, 24 million. So whether it's to skip OTAs, whether he just doesn't feel like it. Um, now, granted, we, we all don't like nobody has any clue because the rumor yeah. is, is that like, oh, well, he wants to sign and the Browns are pushing for it. But like, you know, hours and days pass and like still nothing's done. So there, there's obviously got to be something here. Now, it was reported way back um, that he was asking for 15 mil a year. And we know that Andrew Barry does not like to overpay people yeah. um, with very few exceptions. But so it's. They, they got to address one uh, to me. And, and I, I know this sounds bad because I'm, I'm really not answering your question here. Um, but it's just I I think that it'll get to the point where somebody's going to break and it's either going to be Andrew Barry with his wallet that he that he has or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe another name in free agency, because I really I, again now I could be completely wrong on this. 
but I really do believe that Andrew Barry is at least going to address the defensive tackle or defensive end position before the draft. So, and I, it, the most, the, um, and the most realistic out of all of these, and the one situation that makes sense is Jadavian Clowney signing back because Jadavian knows that this is his best option right now on the table. Mm-hmm. He can get those numbers next to Miles Garrett and really build up um, some of those incentives that are on the contract. You know how many, um, how much money like per sack, per pressure, per tackle, things like that. Um, so. He knows that he can succeed here in Cleveland. So what the issue is, I have no idea. Um, but it, it's definitely the most realistic in terms of everything. Right. I think I. So I agree with a lot of what you're saying. With, with, with what you just said. You know what's frustrating is because it there is a huge different like a, a, a game plan shift if Jadavion Clowney signs right before mm-hmm. the draft. Right, like imagine he signs before the draft. We go into the draft. The Cleveland Browns go into that draft saying, "Hey, with pick forty-four, you are not married to the fact that you have to get a D tackle or an edge rusher. Like you could go wide receiver if you'd like to. You could. I mean, if you wanted to get another D tackle, you also could. You know what I mean? You could. You could do a couple of different moves, right?" Because you have that flexibility now. That's how I felt about bringing in way back when we brought in, uh, like, so, like it was a long time ago, Amari Cooper, right? Bringing in Amari Cooper is like, okay, now you don't have to 100% when we had pick 13 at the time, uh, uh, you don't have to 100% get a wide receiver. Don't even talk to me about any other position. Because now it's like, okay, uh, the Browns have Amari Cooper. Now the Browns can do this or the other. Now it's like, okay, you have pick 44. If Jadavion Clowney signs back as, uh, with the Browns, it's like, man, oh man, we like the Browns are in a really good position to do what they would like to do with pick 44. So that's why I'm saying in my head, you know, if he signs back before the draft, the Browns have options mm-hmm. with pick 44. The, uh, listen, uh, bring out the, the, the mob and pitchforks. You could even trade back if you wanted to, because you don't, what, what do you need? What do you really, really need? And obviously, you want some wide receivers. You want some uh, an, uh, an extra uh, defensive lineman. If you uh, you know maybe an offensive lineman later on, but but it's like you don't really need anything. So if you know, uh, uh, I think you could trade back. You could do whatever the case may be. So if Travis Jones is on the board, or you know, but you have Jadavion Clowney, it's like mm-hmm. okay, man. I you know, it, who knows if you stay there? It's whatever. But my thing is, it affects. It affects the Browns heavily what he does and when he does it. So uh, I understand that he usually waits. He he, he loves to wait and, and loves to you know the longer you wait, the more you see teams and play out and their and their and their roster fills out and they know what they need and if they really need Jadavion, they're going to pay Jadavion. Mm-hmm. So he's smart in that aspect. But at the from the from the Browns' perspective, it's like man, you know, come on, you had a great season with Miles Garrett. You know what I mean? We're talking top 10 ed, ed, uh, rushers on the edge and pass rushers and, and, and highest graded uh, defenders on the edges. And it's like, I feel like to me, I understand where it's about money because we know who we're dealing with when it's Damian Clowney. It's money, money, money. Money speaks to him. So I can't be upset about that fact. But it's just like I know that it can affect the Browns in a way where it's like, hey, if we could go into this draft and say, I can enjoy the draft now. Right. Yeah. Because I, I I can enjoy who we pick, so I don't know. I, I, that's just me, uh, Christian. What do you what do you think about that? So I think that if we get Jadavion, 
I think that it kind of narrows your focus at 44 mm. because the only real need on the team other than like a wide receiver two slash three, depending on how the Browns view DPJ. Right. Uh, I think that it just kind of narrows in on that defensive tackle position. And there's supposedly going to be a few defensive tackles there available. Um, but also, I do think that once we get Jad- – if we do get Jadavion Clowney back, the job for defensive tackle looks even more attractable to free agents. And there's a guy I've been very high on for a very long time at that defensive tackle position. Akeem the Dream. Akeem the Dream. I like that. Um, just imagine Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney rushing off the edges. That's already scary enough. And then you add – a, a Pro Bowl, All-Pro defensive tackle. And that's, a that, that's a cheat code right there. That's a cheat code. That's a cheat and code. let's say you do get another defensive tackle at 44. Let's say you do get a Travis Jones at 44. You've then got Miles Garrett, Akeem Hicks, Travis Jones, and Jadavion Clowney all that's rushing insane. at you, plus Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Troy Hill slash Grady Williams, uh, JJ3, Grant Delpit, uh, Jacob Phillips, JOK, um, and Ronnie Harrison. They're all out there. All right. Like, imagine. Wow. That defense just, it, that's scary on paper, but wow. I mean, we've been paper champions for so long. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'd still have to see it happen, but I mean, toward the end of the year, man, it was, they were getting it done with Malik McDowell and Malik Jackson. That that defense toward the second half of the year, I don't care what anyone says, that was a that was a playoff defense. Oh, they played amazing. Defense. They played so well, and I was like, can you imagine if the first half of the season offense played just as well at the same time as the second half defense? I, I, there are so <laughs> many games that we would win, so many, and it makes me upset. Because I keep looking back at the schedule just for stats and just, you know, whatever to make myself mm-hmm. sad again. I don't know. But I'm looking at those Chiefs defense, the Chiefs game, the, 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 the Chargers game. I'm like, we could have won those. Mm-hmm. You know, if it wasn't for COVID, the Raiders game, I still think uh, Nick Mullins would have won that game. But I don't know. I don't know. But I whatever. I just mm-hmm. – it, it'd be fun to watch. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah, 2021, the uh, year of what-ifs. <laughs> But uh, going back to like just how Jadavion's going to affect the Browns and oh, were you going to say? And, something? I, I, and I don't, I don't mean to jump in here, but I'm absolutely just dying to say something. Um, Go now, ahead, brother. I really have to disagree with you both in terms of like this defense at the end of the year. Now, I will say good things about the secondary. Um, you know, really? uh, to me, they were a top ten unit in the NFL. But in terms of the defensive line. Um, now, you did have Miles Garrett and you had the JV and Clowney, uh, but both Malik's uh, in the middle there had a 19% missed tackle rate. Um, not great. Uh, now, ever since the domination in Cincinnati, uh, the team has uh, given up an average of like 130 yards. Uh, now, this is a proven graphic from the 33rd team right here that I have in front of me. Every time a team has a 100-yard rusher, um, there is a 73% chance to win the game. Um, now that's according to stats in um, 2020, but it's they the run defense at the end of the year fell apart. 
Um, now the the Pittsburgh game was absolutely disgusting to watch from that aspect. Now, granted, not to take away from what Miles and Jadavian did together, because in terms of a pass rushing duo, they were one of the best in the NFL. I'm mm-hmm. not going to argue that. Um, but the run defense needs to be upgraded, um, and I can't stress this enough. I feel like this is almost all I talk about at this point. Um, the Patriots really tore us up. Yeah, oh, man, they the Patriots did tear us up. That's a good point. It's it, it's it's really bad when the defensive tackle room right now is Taven Young, who's been proven physical athlete, um, you, you know, third down pass rusher, does not do well against the run. You have Tommy Togiai, who was drafted in the fourth round last year. He's played a total of 33 snaps last year um, in six games. Then you have Jordan Elliott, who's going to be a third year this year. He started four games total, um, now played 16 games back-to-back years, um, and, you, you know, and he has potential, but it's just they're taking a very big gamble at the defensive tackle position. Now, I get it, you know, that analytics will say that, you know, you can build your defense from the back half up, just as Seattle did with Legion of Boom. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just absolutely terrifying looking at this roster and not at least getting one defensive tackle before the draft. Now, I will say this, you know, the draft is pretty deep at this point position um you know you brought up Travis Jones they wanted a more versatile guy um they can get somebody like Logan Hall who can bulk up for defensive tackle or slim down for defensive end so you have a guy like that and then a guy that I've been really watching here um and it just the more that I watch him the more that I I really like this guy Perry Winfrey out of Perry Winfrey um, 6'4 um you, you know five and a half sacks last year and he's just a big physical nasty guy and that's what i think needs to be brought to this defensive line because as much as i love miles garrett he's not really not really an angry guy not you know he's not i mean that's just not his nature he's great at what he does he doesn't have to get in that kind of mindset you know jadavian Clowney's pretty quiet um so you know i think that would bring a little bit of tenacity a little bit of nastiness to the defensive line. I mean, he's the kind of guy that it, during the senior bowl and pass rushing was just taking uh-huh. guys, driving them back, getting in their face. Um, you know, and he's proven that he's a very strong, big physical guy. And that's what I, we just haven't had on the defensive line. So um, a guy like that is definitely somebody I'd be looking to. His pursuit isn't that great, um, but his hands and the way how he can pass rush half a man is, is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, um, Sorry to change the subject. Just this is out of left field. Um, no, 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 no. So we had somebody comment in our comment section, and they mm-hmm. said, "Ask Matt who his favorite is." And uh, here, let me uh, let me show the comment real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Ed. Edward, oh. Edward, Edward! Welcome to the show, Ed. Oh, Ed has made it. Ed in Columbus. Ed has made it. Ed in Columbus, baby. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So uh, going the answer back, the question is 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 Ed? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely Ed. It's it's the guy days. that sadly I'm I'm gonna be in 20 years, but <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, love you, Ed. <laughs> All right, uh, going back to uh, how how just bringing back just Avion Clowney affects the Browns draft strategy. So at pick 44, who is somebody potentially you see the Browns drafting at 44? Uh, you can go ahead, Manny. I have two people, Travis Jones, mm-hmm. and obviously you can you can figure out you can figure out like what how this affects 
the Browns because obviously if Javon Clowney comes back and all this other stuff. But anyway, yeah. Travis Jones from UConn, uh, 6'4", he's 320. He is a big boy in the middle of the line. Let's talk big about going. That, that's addressing what Max saying. Your Vita Vitas, your Marvin, your your uh, your Warren Saps, your uh, 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 your Holoni Nadas in the middle. Those big boys up front that are not afraid to call to wreak and cause havoc, and, and and they're they're a force to be reckoned with. I like Travis Jones a lot. I do. Also, I one thing I'm known for on this podcast is talking about you know, where you played college football and location for weather and who you're playing around. Everyone knows who to focus on when you're talking about that UConn defense. It's Travis Jones. And playing in cold weather environment, I like that. Those two put together, I like it. So for him to put up what he's put up, and everybody knows who the big man up front is, Travis Jones, I like that. Uh, number two, my option number two, if we, uh, like if the Browns do get Jadavion Clowney, I like it wide receiver, a young man, from Georgia, named George Pickens. I'm I, I'm a big guy on George Pickens. I like George Pickens a lot. I like what I've seen from him. And uh, like I've said before, obviously, you know, when you're a stud wide receiver on an offense in an SEC uh, uh, in a conference that is very very talented, and everybody knows that you're the best wide receiver on that team, you get a lot of attention. So I that's what I like to see. So um, George Pickens, and I believe that he might fall to 44. These are reasonable suggestions that if you you know look at a lot of mock drafts, these players will be there around that around that uh, around that time. So um, pick 44. I believe it might be George Pickens or Travis Jones. And if it happens, you heard it here first. Yeah. Um, so how about you, Mike? Who do you uh, potentially see the Browns taking at 44? So I, I, I would have to agree with Manny in terms of Travis Jones. Um, now, a couple things that just make me nervous about him. Um, he's got a really good swim move, and his pass rush is is pretty impressive. He takes on double teams well. Um, but his his get-off off the line, um, sometimes he dances a little bit before engaging. Um, now, I really do think a guy like Logan Hall out of Houston, I, I, I feel like he can be just – because not only um, is he, a, you know, obviously he's an um, interior defensive player. That's what he did in college. Um, but again, he can slim down and be that kind of like edge rusher. So he could eventually fill in the in the shoes of Jajavi and Clowney. Because, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have a feeling this whole Clowney thing's not going to last forever. And whether that ends this year or next year or down the line, it, it just doesn't Good seem point. like Jajavi and Clowney's going to stay here for long. Yeah. Um, now, a couple things that just uh, just – really stood out for me in turn uh, Logan Hall. He's, he's a guy six, six. Mm -hmm. So he has that kind of length and the, the length allows him when he engages with the, with the offensive lineman here, he's able to just put them back right on their heels because he just, it, it's almost like trying to box a guy that has longer arms than you. It, it's yeah. just not going to work because Great of reference. how, they can distance themselves from you. So it's, he's a little bit um, smaller in the weight. Obviously he's got to work up, work on that. If he does be a defensive tackle, um, mm -hmm. but his bend for such a tall guy is extremely impressive. And mm -hmm. it's just, he's, he's one of those guys to where he just, he, he looks like an average defensive end at mm -hmm. defensive tackle. So imagine That's if what's he crazy. actually, yeah. Imagine if he slimmed down a little bit, he could be even better. Um, yeah. or bulk up and play that interior line position. But it's his length is just is it, 
and it allows him to get a very good swim move. And his bowl, like when he gets into the chest of, a, of an offensive lineman, it's over just simply because he has too much power and too much length. So mm-hmm. a guy, Logan Hall, I, I could definitely see a 44. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, those are actually the two guys I had kind of set out to be picked for the Browns at 44. Um, I, ju- I just think that the Browns are going to go defensive tackle at that position. Mm-hmm. And I really like Owen Hofford. The same things you said, he's, he's really – he's smaller for his, like, his weight and at that position and his size. It's just – it's crazy for him to be that – that's all. Because he's two seventy eight and, and, and it's six six six. So it's just like, it's. I don't know how he was able to. Now, granted, there were times on film where you could see him get get a little bullied inside. Yeah. Um, but especially playing a defensive tackle at two hundred seventy eight pounds, I'm I'm surprised he even did as well as he did. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just it just sounded like they're now. Granted. I'm not familiar with um, with what that defensive line looked like outside of him at Houston, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was just it didn't really just seem it seemed smart putting that guy on the inside. You, you know, yeah. it just it almost looks like he's a defensive end out there. But again, that kind of pick gives you that versatility, so mm-hmm. that way, you know, let's just say they pick up Logan Hall, and yeah. then all of a sudden they're able to attract like a guy like Akeem Hicks, and it eventually gives them the because. If that defensive tackle room gets kind of crowded, and then the situation with Davian Clowney doesn't work out, or it, because if he doesn't sign, or if he signs and then gets injured, then you have a guy that can slide out there and be successful. So, yeah, that's actually that's actually interesting. But my, my so I, my question here is one: it's kind of a a, a, a two loaded question. But so how are we kind of down on Perry on Winfrey then, or? Uh, that's number one. I number- I still think he can eat. I I think he's going to be there in the third round. Um, okay. because yeah. it, it's it, especially in when you look at D line in like coming out of college, everybody is interested in the athletic freak, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, and not saying yeah. that he's slow, but there's just been on tape where he the quarterback just escapes for whatever reason because he's just, and it's not due to lack of effort. I mean, the guy is working into his second and third moves every time that he's rushing the passer. I mean, that guy just does not give up, but you know, he just does not have the speed and the pursuit of some of these other guys. And I just think that's what's going to make him fall. Now he did have a very good senior game. He did very well in practice and he definitely made a name for himself. Um, you know, down at the, at the, um, at, at the bowl game, but it's they're they're gonna just look at the athleticism there, and they're just gonna say, "Hey, I don't know if he's really worth taking at two when a guy like Travis Jones and Logan Hall maybe move a little bit better um, yeah. and and kind of do the same things for him." So I, I really do think he's gonna be available in like the third round. Um, now, it wouldn't be surprised if I, I I just don't think he's going to be kind of worth the 44th pick if that if that makes sense i mean yeah. if they were drafting a little bit right. later in the second right. round right you know it, it but, almost feels like a travis jones and a logan hall or more nfl ready yes, yes. like yeah. they're more ready to go in day one and kind of start that's how <laughs> i felt about certain players when you're picking like when they when we like when the browns had pick 13 like Traylon burks i felt like it was way too high for a yeah. 13 right i wasn't comfortable with bringing in Traylon burks at 13 but so so now this goes up to my second question. Say Jadavion Clowney comes back. Say you get Travis Jones slash Logan Hall at forty four. Do you double dip with wide receiver 
with your other two picks corresponding or in that draft? Because I, I feel like there's a lot of talent in the wide receiver room, but once you get past, in my opinion, once you get past round five, I don't like the guys who are past round five. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it for me it ends at uh, Calvin Austin the third. Uh, it ends, uh, 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 you know, I think Jared Tolbert, Justin Ross. You know that that that'll be my those are my lower talent wide receivers out of this great wide receiver room. So do you double would you double dip if Jadavion Clowney uh, came back to the Browns and then you got Travis Jones or slash Logan Hall? Would you, in your opinion? Yeah, I think that there's like. In around about three, four, you can still get some solid receivers. Right. Uh, one of my favorite receivers in this, like the later rounds, and this is going to sound very biased. It's my boy out of Kentucky, Wandell Robinson. Uh, Wandell Robinson, yes. Listen, the it, I mean, it lists him at 5'11, but he's like 5'7. Like, <laughs> I've seen the dude in person. He's not 5'11, mm-hmm. but the dude is shifty. Mm-hmm. And I'll even pull up some stats for you guys. So PFF, well, these are PFF grades too as yeah. well. So he is the he's tied for third highest receiver last year with Drake London at ninety one point three. Wow! And at Kentucky, he broke the receiving record with thirteen hundred and thirty seven yards, set a touchdown receiving record with seven. I know that's not a lot, but it's Kentucky, um, and the most receptions in a season by a receiver at one hundred and thirteen. And by the way, can I, can I tell you guys what I like? Can I tell you what I like? What conference did he play in? I love that. I love that. Look at the talent he's playing against. I love, and my thing also, you got a guy, uh, Baylor, Taquan uh, Thornton, the fastest 40 time. He's Mm -hmm. a, he's a bigger wide receiver, uh, a little skinny, but taller. Uh, So, I mean, uh, there's, there's options to double dip at wide receiver. So in my opinion, I just want to see what you guys would do, Mac. Uh, it looked like you agreed kind of with, with the double dip reference. There. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, you have to get that wide receiver. Now you look at the wide receiver room. What what kind of guy do they need? They need somebody who can play in the slot. Right. Um, now, you know, a lot of fans have been uh, like just kind of begging for Jarvis Landy to resign, but mm-hmm. Browns clearly cannot afford him. So why not get a Jarvis like guy in the draft? Sky Moore of Western Michigan, I think really fits that well. He's a slot receiver. Because you have to look at um, both perimeter guys, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones. So you need somebody a little bit, a little bit quicker. Um, you know, he runs a four-four, so he's pretty fast. He's got good footwork, um, and he led the FBS in broken tackles last year at twenty-six. You know, and he can that be that high-volume guy. He had ninety-five receptions last year for um, almost thirteen hundred yards, um, twelve ninety-two to be exact, and ten touchdowns. So he can—he's—he's he's proven to be that slot possession guy, and that's what the Browns need right now on offense. They need somebody that's going to be be able to get underneath the zone um, because you're you're going to have Amari Cooper mm-hmm. winning that one-on-one matchup, and a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones who does very well in the perimeter, not so much so much in the middle um it's just more of just you know fade out routes kind of things of that nature um so you know i really do think that he would mesh right in in this offense Mm. Um, and for me in terms of wide receiver i always look at um you know fit more than anything else because there's always going to be a lot of guys that you know in terms of athleticism and guys that can run really fast and you know they'll show you I'll show you on tape that you do great. But um, the big thing with uh, offensive weapons nowadays, you got to know how to use them, and there's got to be a fit. There's got to mm-hmm. be a want in the offense form. So Sky Moore, I would say, would be a great pick at 78. 
So I like Sky Moore a lot. I heard a little bit of uh, uh, of something that broke my heart in what you were saying about Jarvis Landry coming. I'm wearing the jersey, Mac. I'm wearing the jersey. Can, can we? Can we talk? Can I hear your percentages, both of you, of of, of Jarvis Landry? Look, you're making the faces, guys. I'm right here. I'm trying. What, what's the what's the percentage? One through ten. Ten being he he might as well be on the roster right now. One is Manny. You're dreaming. So you tell me one through ten realistically the chances of Jarvis Landry. Should I throw this jersey away? No, keep the jersey. Okay. You never okay. throw a, a good jersey away, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You always keep them. Absolutely. You can always you can always put some duct tape over it. Yeah, that's true. Done that numerous times. Oh uh, yeah, we've all done that. <laughs> six fix. Six fix. But yeah. going back to your question, um, I would say, I'd say about a th- three to a four. I would oh. say that there's still interest there, but mm-hmm. it's it's all coming down to the green. It's all about the green, and I think that's why ultimately they didn't like restructure. But he fired his agent after the twenty mil came out. You know, it, but still, man, like. <sighs> He's gonna want more than four million a year, and and I and I hate to break your heart here, Manny, but it's it's gonna take an absolute Cleveland miracle. Like I'm gonna need to go it's down to go fund me Lake or and <laughs> hope that they froze over. It's it's crazy, right? Like it's now Juice can be that can't be that top guy, but at the end of the day, he's a wide receiver too, and the Browns just can't afford to overpay him. They still have ba- they're still on the hook for Baker. Um, so it, it's just that they don't, and Clowney's not even signed yet. So sure. it's just like they can't, they they don't even know like how much money that they're going to be working with a- after he's done. So it's yeah, it, and I mean I hate to say it, but it it's going to need an absolute miracle. <laughs> what, what about, so, don't the Browns get some money back June first for, for Austin Hooper's contract? Yeah, what is, they so, get so, so, seven. So, so so can you can you take some of some of that, put it in a piggy bank or something? Coupon or something? Uh, yeah, I mean, Man, I, I just, know. I think that there's better I receivers. Back. I, I think it would be the absolute great fit, and that's why yeah. I want Sky Moore because he's going to be that kind of younger, faster uh, Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah. So true, true, true. So true. we've we've actually got some questions, boys. Um, oh, cool. Go ahead. Let's so see. Summer <clears throat> has asked, will we draft a wide receiver or sign a veteran free agent? So Summer, what's up? Uh, so I think, in my opinion, I think that we're going to draft a wide receiver. Uh, I, I I don't know. If, I don't know exactly the other free agent wide receivers. Who's 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 out there? Will Fuller, Cole, Will Fuller, Cole Beasley, Julio Jones. Like I don't know. Like where, where are you? Like I, I feel like, in my opinion, in in a, such a talented wide receiver draft, mm-hmm. I feel like like we kind of touched on. I feel like the Browns will go wide receiver, and I truly believe. I kind of asked the question, which was a little bit leading, because I feel that the Browns will double dip if they get a, a defensive lineman. Uh, with yeah. the, the the first uh, the first their first pick. So, but what do, what do you guys think? I don't want to. I want to hear your guys' opinion on because that's a good question. That's a really good question. I mean, I I feel like if they were going to grab another free agent wide receiver, they would have done it by now, um, yeah. and they wouldn't have been interested True. in giving up more draft capital for Brandon Cooks. True. So you, you know that move alone tells me that they want to draft a wide receiver, and they just don't look at it. I, I mean, Will Fuller is great, and that deep ball connection that he has with Watson um, was just on a whole nother level last year. It was one of the best in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't played a lot of games, so. 
you know, you, you look at a guy, Julio Jones, you're going to overpay him. He's probably going to maybe give you six or seven games next year because his hamstring's not going to hold up. No. So there's just not a lot of dependable options mm-hmm. um, and options that you're going to be able to get at a deal. So definitely in this deep wide receiver class, I mean, heck, they can even go and wait until the fourth round to draft a wide receiver and they yeah. still might get yeah. a good. So, um, you know, it's the cheaper option. Um, it's definitely going to be the, you know, the safer option in terms yeah. of in terms of risk. So, yeah, I absolutely see them drafting wide receiver instead of grabbing another one in free agency. So I, I think that we end up trading for another receiver. I know that's kind of mm-hmm. out there, but I, I think that there's going to be some interest around getting closer to draft time uh, for Baker Mayfield. I think that there's going to be some teams kind of start biting. They're going to be like, okay, do we really like these quarterbacks in this draft? Getting cold are feet, we really, getting cold feet, right? Are we really sold on Malik uh, Willis? Are we really sold on Matt Corral? Are we really mm-hmm. sold on Kenny Pickett? Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, uh, uh, and then that's when you go, well, we got this boy that's from Oklahoma. He's a boomer sooner, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a whole fan base that'll follow him. He'll sell jerseys. He's got commercials. I mean, everybody seems to love him, you know, except Cleveland fans. Um, so, <laughs> so I mean, you could easily you can easily sell a team on Baker Mayfield because yeah. you take and you go back to the twenty twenty season. I mean, honestly, where we're at now, I would not even think that this is where we would be at four months ago. That's true. Ago. I would have never thought. Um, that. Honestly, a month ago, I, I, honestly, up till it happened, I did not think we were getting Deshaun Watson. That's fair. Yeah, and. I really think that once we get closer to draft time, you're going to start hearing Baker Mayfield's name trade rumors. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear, mm-hmm. oh, he's he's rumored to no, maybe a Seattle, especially maybe. especially any teams that look uh, that are looking to draft uh, Sam Howell on the UNC. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 basically getting Baker's clone, so why not yeah. just get Baker, right? Who has some NFL experience? So and, so yeah, good point, good point, Christian. Yeah. And you could probably bait one of these teams that have like a good receiver, um, right. like a Seattle, and you could probably talk them in. I know that DK Metcalf is a guy that everybody's like, oh, we we got to try to get DK, but you're more than likely to get Tyler Lockett, and I yeah. think Tyler Lockett for your Baker Mayfield, and there yeah. they would obviously be some picks in there, but I think that would be a solid move. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Sure. And, sure. and I mean, it, it, it gets that deep threat that you need. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you know, people will say, well, you know, Anthony Schwartz is coming along. But again, you can't really trust that. Um, yeah. and the, Browns, the Browns front office has shown you that they're not going to go with somebody on blind faith. Um, especially with the move that they made to get to Sean Watson. So, you know, they're constantly looking to upgrade. Um, right. Now, Tyler Lockett would be great because he's got a cheap contract anyway. So that would work. Um, but as you guys were saying, it, I think some of these teams are going to get closer to the draft and they're going to realize that like these, these rookie quarterbacks don't have a lot to offer. Now, granted you have a guy like Malik Willis who is a risk, but he has such tremendous athletic at like upside in terms of just where he's at, like mentally and he's able to command an offense. He's very mobile and he's got a big arm, but outside of that, I mean, Sam Howell is uh, Baker Mayfield with less of an arm. And that's yeah. one of the things that makes Baker really good. Um, mm-hmm. You have a guy named Penny, Kenny Pickett. Um, now, I'm I'm not trying to be a hater, but I have zero faith in any quarterback that's throwing with wide receiver gloves. It's I will not. It, it's terrible. Like it, Te- I, I mean, Teddy, Teddy two gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Tapwater, Teddy, yeah, Teddy yeah, Tapwater. It, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was one of the worst third down quarterbacks in the NFL last year. It's. 
I mean, there's a reason why he's he's not a regular starter and he's been sh- being shipped off the teams. <laughs> I, I mean, he's just there's I to me now. Granted, um, like these scouts could view it differently, and I could be totally wrong. But mm-hmm. this just seems like a extremely weak quarterback class. And I've said this yeah. before. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Mitch Trubisky was a hot commodity in the free agent market, the fact that a team was not openly tanking to get that first pick just, just says it all for me. You yeah. know, all of these quarterbacks, including now, I, I really, uh, really only think um, that Malik Willis is going to be the really only good one out of here, but I, I, there could be more, but it's just to look at that and then look at Baker and just say, hey, we're just going to take a wild gamble in the draft is just is kind of baffling to me, especially because even with Baker's floor, it's kind of better than because, uh, I mean, Baker's floor, when healthy, he's a top 15 quarterback. Yeah, right? well, yeah. you saw what he like. I mean, even with a torn labrum, him playing the worst football that he probably could have played, yeah. his team went eight and nine. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're going to be a mid pack team with Baker Mayfield. Uh, you're going to be the mid to good. I think that he's good enough to get you to a playoff. Yeah. I just don't think that he's good enough to get you to the promised land. Yeah. If that and, makes sense. One hundred percent. I first and foremost, shout out to Nick Carnes. Love you, man. Uh, thanks for saying that. Great words. But I mean, to your guys' point, what you what you like? You like Bailey Zappy? Hey, that, that's my that, boy. Is that you, 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 you like you like a uh, uh, EJ Perry or Jack Cohn from from Notre Dame? Like who do you who do you who do you like in this quarterback class? That's that's you know what I mean. I feel like on paper, I mean Malik Willis. To, to your point, Mac, Malik Willis is the the one that I feel. I feel Kenny Pickett. I really feel like Kenny Pickett in any especially especially last year's draft, right with, with Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, uh, uh, Justin Fields. Like 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 in that class, Kenny Pickett's pick what third round. You know what I mean? Fourth round, maybe. I, I who knows? But I feel like this this specific draft, it's a great time to come out. So you know. Uh, wow. <laughs> I wow. think we at least get. I think we get a good layer of cheese, and we get some mayonnaise on there. No man. mayonnaise, even. I think we get a little bit of mayonnaise. Wow. You know, maybe wow. like. A- no, no love for Baker from at clipped. <laughs> at clipped, man. Jeez, uh, coming in hot. I mean, yeah. hey, I mean, hey, I, I, I would, I, I, I don't know what teams, and, and obviously, especially, I forgot what team it was. Maybe it was an anonymous team, but some team said, "Hey, we'll, we'll take, we'll take Baker Mayfield off your hands, but you're gonna also have to give us a draft pick." I was like, "Wait, what?" So that's insane. Because it's, it's the contract. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. So if, they, so if the Browns eat a little, even if they do it, you know, even if they do it post draft, uh, they take a little bit of Austin Hooper's money, like I talked about before, and use that money basically as a little mm-hmm. bit of a coupon toward Baker Mayfield's contract, and then ship them off that way. I think that might be a good use of the, the money. But what is what is six million dollars to the Haslam's to just get rid of this problem, right? Like, like what is six million dollars? I know they want some compensation for Baker Mayfield, but eighteen million dollars guaranteed. No team wants that. No team wants that for a trial run. You know what I mean? So, well, especially because he's going to be a. Uh, <laughs> no way. I love wow. this, dude. I love wow. this. Um, and Nick Carnes is on fire tonight. He really oh. is. He really is. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, especially a one year, um, you know, eight, more than 18 and a half million. Um, when he's going to be 100% a free agent next year. Because a lot of these teams could look at it and be like, okay, why am I paying this 18 for one year when we can get Baker next year and he's going to be – well, depending on how you see it, right? 
you know, yeah, exactly. Well, he's going to get paid more than that. But if he doesn't perform, um, which there's still a chance, I don't believe so, but you know, there's still some chance that he wouldn't, um, you know, they can get him cheaper next year in free agency. So to me, exactly. it's all about the contract here. And, you know, I don't know whether it's, and to me, the one knock that I have on Andrew Barry is that he's very firm on his decisions. He will get in a standoff if he has to. He does. Yeah. He does not yeah. care yeah. if it doesn't Facts. make sense to him. He's not going to do it. Um, yeah. Now, to him, the draft picks right now are more important than the money. But mm. when you're talking to Javian Clowney, when you want to attract more free agency, you need a little bit more money in your pocket. You need to sweeten the pot here. So that 18 million now. Granted, um, there's another aspect to this whole thing to where it just it it's kind of that monkey on our on the, t- the org- organization's back right now. Mm-hmm. You know the whole Seriously. Baker because he's still there. It, it's it's almost like um, you know uh, a couple gets divorced but they're still living in the same house. Yes. Like, yeah. Wow. Wow. So, yes. Yeah. Now there was there there was rumors that he was going to talk bad about the Browns organization on that podcast. It just ended up being his friends, right? And there was nothing that came out of it. But who's to say that this doesn't get uglier than it's already been? Yeah, because it's let's be honest here, it's been ugly. Yeah, um, the fact that they were dragging Baker's name through the mud here, that whether you, you know he requested the trade, then they denied the trade, and then um, then they got Deshaun Watson, and so it's. It they just it just needs to get done because the longer that it sits here, just the worse that it's going to get, and they're going to miss out on some of these free agent guys because they're 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 shy of two three million dollars. So yeah, I I want to so 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 oh, I great 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 uh, question, Summer. Well, not question, but just kind of thing. Well, we'll get to the thoughts on on, on DPJ, but I really quickly want to ask both of you in like okay. a, a sentence or two answer what would what would you do with the Baker Mayfield situation in a kind of a concise, would you just pay that money, cut, give them the 8 million, make them 10 million guaranteed a year. And then, and then, and then ship them somewhere uh, and then get a, a fifth or a sixth in return. Would Honestly, you, would you kind of hold your horses on it or what would you do? Go ahead. If you can get something for him, like if you can talk to Seattle into giving a Tyler Lockett, a just like a Tyler Lockett esque receiver, Kind of like a a little bit older receiver that's still got some gas still left in him. Yeah. Um, if you can talk a team into like trading that, and I would be more than willing to eat a little bit of Baker Mayfield's contract. Yeah. Okay. To, and okay. maybe even give like a later pick, maybe like yeah. in 2024, yeah. 2023, you know, yeah. like a later pick. Yeah. So, but uh, just trying to keep any pick you can this year. Max, so, what do you think? What do you think? Would I, you, would you I'm kind of on a similar path here. Um, now, granted, you know Tyler Lockett would be great, but again, you're still dealing with Baker's contract, and yeah. you're going to have to, you know, to to give up Baker and ask for a lot in, in return is going to be very hard because teams know this situation. Again, yeah, they can pay him exactly. next year. They know that the Browns want to get rid of him, so the Browns have zero leverage here. Um, my advice, you know, don't give up a pick and dump his contract. Mm-hmm. Whatever you got to do, get it done. It just needs to be done. The Browns need the money. Baker needs to get out of Cleveland before stuff gets more out of hand than it already is. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would just say take what you can get and 
at, like give away as much of his contract as he can because it's yeah. it's going to get in a situation to where if he hits the open market, he could be signed super low, and the Browns could have to eat a lot of it, and then he goes somewhere like Pittsburgh. So it's yeah, it it's just got to get done. Yeah, 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 absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but we can get on. We can get on the the thoughts of of DPJ. I'm curious as to uh, what you guys feel about him because I, I, you know um, where does he fit in that wide receiver room for for you guys? You can go ahead, Mac. You got that. All right. So, like, I am a huge DPJ enthusi- enthusiast. Uh, I mean, yes, the, the fact that he came out last year, he did everything that he could to get earn a spot on the field, especially with his blocking. Um, he, you know, he's a big physical guy. He tran- he he looked absolutely amazing coming into camp, and especially with him being like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, um, he separates really well in terms of perimeter routes. So I, I absolutely love him. Now, when he exploded, um, you know, against Arizona and against like Kansas City, um, you, you know, or not, I'm, I'm sorry, not Kansas City, um, Arizona and, um, and Cincinnati. Um, now, you know, teams knew that he was the wide receiver one, um, especially with Jarvis being uh, basically on one leg all of last year and Odell Beckham with that situation, not going to get into that. Um, but, you, you know, DPJ isn't was just not ready for the wide receiver one. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. it was just simply it was just simply not there, and not to fault him, but he was also dealing with a groin injury at the time, and you could see it any time that he extended. You know that deep play that he ended up dropping um, over the middle against Baltimore. Um, you you know you saw it there. the The fact that he tweaked it in warmups and couldn't even go um, against the Broncos. I, I mean. You can tell, and even when he was injured, he still played really well. It's just when these safeties started rolling his way and he started getting the double coverage and all the focus, um, you know, it was was just really hard for him. Um, Mm -hmm. Now he has time for that groin to heal up. You know, he now he has that Amari Cooper that can win the one on one matchups and is going to demand double coverage. I like say what you want, but teams are going to double cover Amari Cooper next year. So DPJ. Oh, yeah. Having the one-on-one matchups on the outside, I can, I'll, I'll say this: he'll win that seven times out of ten. So absolutely, he's going to be he's going to have a great year next year. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, now, granted, he he, in my opinion, he did not have that good of a season in terms of his expectations, yeah. and he still led the led the team in receiving. He was still number three in the league in terms of yard per catch. So in terms of Donovan Peoples-Jones, I'm all in, and he's going to absolutely explode next year with Amari Cooper being wide receiver one. Absolutely. I I totally agree. I totally agree, man. So so, uh, I just want to reiterate what you're saying. You know, first on the team in yardage, okay, Uh, uh, second in the team in touchdowns, tied for second in touchdowns, Uh, third on the team for targets, so my thing is, is, is like you're doing all that with being third on the team for targets. My, 13 personnel, especially when we're running 13 personnel, you know, and he's just the only wide receiver out there. Those are when the big plays happen for DPJ. And that's where I know, that's where I know those big bombs happen for him as well. So I think for me, I like DPJ a lot. However, like you said, Mac, it's not really a wide receiver one right now. We kind of saw that. Maybe he was obviously from out going into this season. Did we think that he would need? Sorry, those guinea pigs are going crazy right now. I did not. I, did not, I, I thought it was a door. I'm gonna be on. No, 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 I thought a door. Oh, a door. No, no, no. Someone's swinging a door. It's literally the guinea pigs are going crazy. I got to give them lettuce. But, but, but for for DPJ, I'm thinking in a situation you're going into this season. 
who thought that he would even need to be wide receiver number one? We had OBJ and Jarvis Landry. OBJ mm-hmm. was coming back healthy, putting up uh, mixtape videos of all the summer and everything. I thought he was going to come back real nice and easy. But oh, no, yeah. now you, he got pushed into that wide receiver one role. You know, uh, for good or for better, for worse, whatever the case may be, we just saw, you know, we kind of wanted him to do more, and it was unfortunate that he couldn't um, yeah. uh, do a lot then. But I, I expect a lot out of him this season for sure. And you know what's crazy is the expectations we have for DPJ are like awesome because he was a sixth round pick. He shouldn't even be in the conversation. Yeah. To be like where he's at because like usually your sixth round picks are usually cut. That's true. In the first two years on the team. I mean, usually teams will keep them, you know, kind of hope. But like DPJ's been, he's outplayed where we picked him at. Yeah. That's that's a very good point. So, and he's just 23 years old. He won't even be 24 till after the season because his birthday's in February. Mm-hmm. So, he's going to go into his third year at age 23. And I think he's primed for a big season. And I think that this year is going to help him out more. I still think we get another receiver. Mm-hmm. But next year is when he becomes wide receiver two. I think 2023 Absolutely. Absolutely. is the year he becomes wide receiver two. And everybody's going to love DPJ. Everybody gonna love him. Gotta I mean, a, a lot of yeah. Just go ahead, go get number eleven. You can return that number eighty. Go get your number eleven. <laughs> I mean, I just find it crazy about like how his production was despite having a fifty-eight percent catch percentage. Mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, he he had like a bad span of drops, and it was it was just obvious that he just he wasn't healthy. And any time that he would try to extend, uh, you know, you know, it just it just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's. It's it's just kind of <laughs> it's kind of nuts. Um, okay. Wow. All right. Ed. Wow. But go ahead. He's kind of nuts. He stays you know, enough game. No way. <laughs> I gotta mute my mic, man. <laughs> wow, Ed. All right. Are, are we gatekeeping any of Ed's comments here? Or are you just blind? <laughs> oh, no, no. I've, I've kept a couple pulled back. <laughs> okay, so I can only imagine. I hope he kills yes, it. Yes, we I hope summer. he kills it too, honestly. But. So, um, Thanks for watching. Um, let's get one more question from you guys yeah. that are watching live that can uh, ask. So we'll do one more, and then I guess we'll uh, we'll call this an, an episode. Yeah, this was a great. This was a great live. This was was this was amazing. Um, I think we're gonna have to start doing these boys. <laughs> yeah, oh, these are sure. these are awesome. No, the these live awesome. is so much better because this, this is this is this is the comments here. This is this is so amazing. So I I I'm I'm interested to see what we're doing with with uh. Makes <laughs> me want to square dance. <laughs> Get your partner around it. <laughs> oh wait, boys, I got you. No way! Uh, I know yeah, you got had the hat ready. Where's the Where's the pit oh, vipers? Wait, I got the pit vipers. Get the pit yeah, where's the Where's the pit vipers, big dog? That's gonna be crazy. I'm screenshotting this. Well, the crazy thing is that he's got two personas, right? You know, there's Christian, and then and then there's Kentucky Fried Christian. Yeah, Kentu- exactly. You know, this is you not, know, this, there's the there's is, the guy that you know. The what is? Uh, he said the what? A big Browns fan. You know, he's. He, and and then you got the guy who's you know flying down the road in his in his Lexus just just screaming Blasting at the top music. of his lungs, shotgun and bang energy drinks. You gotta throw you gotta throw. <laughs> it's, it's too exciting. Oh, okay, man, uh, that's amazing. That's oh amazing. You guys, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. That's this has been a, this has been a great, <laughs> a great, a great live for sure. <laughs> 
Not sure how that goes, Ed. I, I, I don't <laughs> think that's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, we did get one question. Cool. It's from Summer, right. um, but it is, okay, did you guys cover defensive tackle? And we already did. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, yes. We're got, short we answer, to, we need him. Um, you, you know, guys like Travis Jones, um, Lo, you know, Logan Hall, Perry and Winfrey. Um, but it's just, uh, I mean, I mean, it just needs to be addressed. And granted, I'm, I've been beating this dead horse for mm-hmm. what, two months now. Mm-hmm. It's just it, like, it, it just, it, and it's, it's maddening because they've, they've addressed almost like every other position, right? They made some kind of change at every other They're position except for defense. I just, I just don't get it. Well, if, if, if Jadavia Klein comes back, it, 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 it really makes a lot of things. Easier, right? Oprah yes. Winfrey. <laughs> I have to look up if he's really. We really need to start screening Ed's comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love them, dude. But I've been clicking on them because we got this little comment so Sorry for that. Last <laughs> oh, this yeah. is great. This was great, though. This so, great. Um, I think that uh, I think we've pretty much covered covers it on the agenda. Um, we'll be we'll be doing these lives, I think, more often. Absolutely, Absolutely. I and love it. I love time, this format. Maybe next time we we'll, we might have a special guest. Let's do it. <laughs> Bro, I, I guess can't, I, I huh? can't with those pit vipers. I I I, <laughs> I oh. can't. I can't. Fun fact: Dead horses don't feel the beatings. Oh, that's that, that, that's good to know. <laughs> that, that we have to end it there. We have yeah. to. Yeah. All right. I um, <laughs> appreciate you guys so tuning good. into our live. Uh, we'll Thanks, be posting guys. this on our uh, podcast page. So this is going to be technically episode twenty-one. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, God bless. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Boys and brown, running the town, AFC champs, I'm loving the sound. Ready for steel, ready to rave, ready for fall, ready to burn. See us, we come and we start and we laugh, we pass and we run and we touching it down. Cleveland the city, we grow, we get it, we've been through the ready, we loving the brown. Never will chill, never will lounge. We are the dogs, we are the hounds. Never the fears, we blew and we blew. So get on your feet, cause we are the brown.